A Parable on the Challenge of Being an Unpublished Writer by Tom Farr. Reed stared at the computer screen. The blinking cursor at the top of the blank page was taunting him, reminding him of how much work he'd put in so far that was for nothing. The story was nearing the midpoint, the point where everything needed to change and the protagonist needed to shift into action instead of reaction. His protagonist, Kaylee, a young woman scared of the future, was no nearer to figuring out who was responsible for her friends dying. Heck, even Reed wasn't sure who did it at this point. What he did know was that things had drastically slowed down. Or maybe he was losing interest. If he was losing interest, what would that mean for the reader? He pushed away from the desk, his rolling chair making a loud creaking sound on the wooden floor. The bank called again today. Reed turned around to see his wife Karen standing in the doorway holding their six-month-old daughter Catherine. Catherine's smile was a drastic contrast to the frown on Karen's face. Reed stood from his seat. We're almost sixty days late on our mortgage, Karen said, her voice shaky. We're going to lose this place. Reed looked at the screen again. I know I could finish this, he said, his voice desperate. And somebody will buy it, or maybe I'll self-publish. Karen stepped up to him. She forced a smile. I know you believe that, she said. I want to believe it, too, but we need money. We're not going to survive much longer like this. Reed sighed. You're right. He slumped back into his chair. I just don't know what to do. You have to get a second job, she said. Or write for pay. You can still freelance, right? Yeah, he said, disappointed. Karen stepped forward and put her hand on his shoulder. I know you can do this, she said, trying to sound reassuring. But maybe now's just not the right time. Reed took a deep breath, glancing at the cursor still taunting him. Okay, I'll get to work right now. I know a guy who needs some articles written. She bent down and kissed him on the forehead. I know it's hard, but it's for the best right now. He looked up at her and smiled. Catherine giggled, and he felt a new resolve. He'd finish his novel someday. But now wasn't the time. Karen left him to work, and though he struggled to get his head into non-fiction mode, he was able to secure a couple projects that would hopefully pay their mortgage bill. Several hours later, he'd fallen asleep at the keyboard. He opened his eyes at 1.27 a.m. and noticed the screen was still on. He wondered how many words he'd written half-conscious. Through bleary eyes, he read what he'd written before passing out. At least he thought he'd written something before passing out, but this wasn't something he recognized. Reed woke from being slumped over the keyboard. He looked at what he'd written before passing out, but he didn't recognize it. He read it, confused, as he read what seemed like a narration of his life. He screamed as a blade broke through his stomach from behind. Blood gushed out as he stared down at the blade. He heard a laugh, and then he glanced back to see the face of someone he didn't expect because this person shouldn't have a face. And yet it looked exactly like he'd imagined it as he was writing it. You can't be real, Reed said, gasping for breath. You think you're afraid now, the character from his novel said. This is what will happen if you don't finish that novel. But I can't, Reed said. I'm stuck. I don't know who's doing all this. The young man from his novel gestured toward the computer screen. Isn't it obvious? Reed heard movement behind and spun around, his fists raised. Karen jumped back. Whoa! I think it's time to come to bed, sweetie. Reed sighed in relief. Not just yet, he said. I've got work to do. Karen smiled. Okay. But come to bed soon, okay? I will. 
Karen walked away. Reed returned to his keyboard. All right, Kaylee, he said. It's time for you and me both to be more proactive about this thing. He started typing, sure of where his story should go next. Welcome back to No Extra Words, the Flash Fiction Podcast. My name is Chris Baker-Dirsch. I am your producer and editor. Before I do anything else, I have to extend a huge thank you to our contributor of this episode, Tom Farr. Tom is our first contributor. He is not our last. More stories by other people are coming. But I really enjoyed Tom's story. Tom was great to work with. Please check the show notes. Also check our Website, noextrawords.wordpress.com for a bio of Tom, lots of great links, and he is just getting ready to release a serialized story on his Medium page, a sci-fi story. It looks like a ton of fun. So please check out Tom's other work, and thank you, Tom, so much for letting us use your story. I hope our podcast did your wonderful story justice. Today's episode is called Only Crazy If You Get the Wrong Answer. It's an homage to my mom. She used to say, you're not crazy if you talk to yourself. You're not even crazy if you answer yourself. You're only crazy if you get the wrong answer. And today's episode is about people who suffer perils from talking to themselves and getting too deeply into their own heads, as you just heard in Tom's story. Secret is Safe is our second story of the show, and it is coming up in just about a minute and a half. Before that happens, I want to talk quickly about our next episode. It is the summer camp episode, which I'm super excited about. It's going to have all the things a summer camp should have. It's going to have a campfire with a ghost story and a camp song. And all of you, I am issuing a challenge to the listeners to get yourselves involved in this show. It's simple. In 25 words or less, tell me what summer camp means to you. That can be funny, deep, snarky, whatever you want, just 25 words or less. There are lots of ways you can get those to me. The quickest way is to go onto our website, noextrawords.wordpress.com, and either comment on the blog, or there's links there to Twitter and Facebook and our email address. Any of those ways work. And also, debuting this week, our No Extra Words listener feedback line. We now have a phone number. So if you would like to call and leave your 25 words or less, or really leave any kind of feedback on the show, that number is 425-686-9495, and that is our listener feedback voicemail line. So you can leave a voice message. We might even play it on the show. Or, feeling shy, you can write up your comments and put them on Facebook or email them to me, whatever. Those need to get to me by July 3rd so that I have time to get them included in the episode, trying to include as many of them as possible. And please, when you do submit, include your name. First name is fine. Camp name is fine. Whatever name you would like to be known by if we use yours on the show. And I do want to use as many as possible. Please continue to check the blog, check the Facebook page. There's so much going on. We've got great contributors coming. I'm just so excited by the energy that's happening right now here at the show. It's just been a thrill to watch us expand, and I'm hoping that will continue as the weeks go on. Super excited. I'm going to get out of your way now so that you can listen to Secret is Safe, our second story of the episode. And I hope you have a great couple of weeks, and I'm going to see everybody July 10th at camp. You guys take care.
Secret is Safe by Chris Baker Dirsch. Everyone always asked Leanne if she liked staying home with her baby. Everyone. It was like they didn't know what else to say. There are probably a lot of jobs where no one can relate to what you do, so they instead respond with a blank stare and rapidly blinking eyes. Politician comes to mind. So does actuary. But until Leanne started staying home with her baby, she had never had a job like that. It was difficult to find people to relate to. People who could talk, anyway. Staying home with a baby all day is the perfect excuse for talking to yourself. Talking to yourself is one of those things everyone does but no one admits to. We've all seen that guy stopped at the stoplight who is chatting with himself, but when he catches you looking, he pretends he's on a hands-free call. Who is he kidding? With baby Emmett in tow, Leanne spent her days in an endless stream of chatter, no shame and no fear of being caught. Emmett got to hear all her secrets. He knew when she skipped a shower, knew what bad TV shows she was addicted to, knew that she sometimes had to rerun the laundry because she left it too long before putting it in the dryer and it smelled like mildew. Things Leanne told no one, Emmett knew. As he got bigger, she dialed it back a little. He still got the secrets, but she realized that if his early words were too colorful, someone would suspect something. She started using big words when describing celebrity relationships. But there was one word she couldn't seem to cut out of her vocabulary. Crap. Swear words are, as one of her friends had once said, phonetically satisfying. Letting loose with the F word after stubbing your toe is much more cathartic than ow or even damn it. There's a release that happens when you let one out, and over the years, swearing while alone had become a habit. Now that she was never alone, she had dialed back the swear words, but somehow she couldn't get rid of crap. It was phonetically satisfying and didn't seem all that bad. How could crap be worse than poop? You could even say it in G-rated movies. Couldn't you? The problem with having just one naughty word is that you use it a lot. More probably than you realize. So while she was working hard at getting Emmett to say mama, she could see him forming the C word in his mouth, practicing it. She started saying mama for everything. Cheerios became mama. Hairbrush. It happened at dinner. With her in-laws. Of course. Emmett was mad and kept pounding at his head. He was having teething pain, she could tell. He had been babbling for weeks, but with no coherent words, and that was seeming to frustrate him more and more. He looked at her like he knew what he was doing, smiled in that awful way that made her realize the toddler years were just around the corner, and said, Crap. His dad beamed. Isn't that cute? He gushed to his parents. He's pointing to his head. He wants his cap. Cap! His first word. They all rushed to get the cap on his head and take a picture, and Leanne smiled right along with them, but she was watching Emmett. He knew what he said. She knew what he said. He would keep her secrets, but not for long.